0: Hello and welcome to Self-Taught Devs. If this is your first time joining us, this is a show where two self-taught developers discuss the learning and growth experience for folks just getting into the industry. My name is Eric Wengelspecht. And I'm Matt Ehrlich. And one goal we have with this podcast is to highlight and celebrate other members in the software engineering community. And today we are very pleased to have self-described tree hugger,
1: Louis Noly. How are you doing, Louis? I am doing fine tonight. Thank you for having me on. Feel very grateful to be included along with so many. Like, I feel like big names.
0: <laughs> big names. We're 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 having all the the big shots on this podcast. Yeah, and people like me, and people like you. Hey man, we're honored to have you on here. <laughs> you're you're a big shot in my eyes, and I, I had to throw out the uh, self described tree hugger because you know you have a I think a, a storied history with uh, kind of your. Previous careers and outdoors and things you've been doing. Um, so, you want to just kind of take us through some of what you have done before you discovered coding?
1: Definitely, I feel like it is a very non-linear path. Before getting into coding, I never once used the word career for any job that I've ever had because I always kind of viewed them just as a job as I was kind of experimenting and trying to figure out what i wanted to be doing um for most of my all of my 20s i was very adverse to the idea of kind of careers and like a historical like what you think of as a career like oh i'm gonna work in sales no offense to anyone in sales I just knew it wasn't for me. Um, So after, after college, I did a lot of stints working for a hiking gear store in Cincinnati, where I'm from. And then I worked in Vermont as a wilderness therapy field guide taking groups of teenagers and young adults backpacking. And then once that got to be a little too stressful for myself, I slowed down a bit and went to picking apples and pruning apple trees and doing uh, orchard work, followed by working for an arborist when I thought I wanted to be an arborist. And then when that didn't pan out, I went to work on a tree farm. Before all of this started, i had only ever worked like customer service jobs basically in like high school and college. Um, so all of, all of, going into all of them, they were brand new and I didn't really stop to think much about like starting a new thing. I kind of realized in hindsight years later, I was just kind of eager to try something new. So after doing Christmas tree farming and maple sugaring, I thought I found what was going to be my dream job um, working as a land manager for a land conservancy here in Massachusetts, but I found out once we had a child around the same time, um, it's kind of hard to provide financially with a lot of the outdoor jobs, unfortunately, for some of the ones if you're not moving up. So then after that, Actually, right as the pandemic started, I kind of took what I've seen people call a survival job, just needed something to make a little bit more money and find some stability. I started doing drinking water treatment, and I was doing that for about a year when it occurred to me what, again, I knew going into it, I wasn't going to be doing it forever. So I started kind of reevaluating my priorities and for the first time, the idea of like kind of a more traditional job seemed appealing because I knew that it would. especially with the rise of remote work I knew that I would be home more with my family and actually like have energy to do things outside because with a lot of outdoor manual labor jobs you often come home pretty beat and you don't want (laughs) to don't really have the time or energy to or don't really have the energy to like go for like a hike after you've already been like brush sawing a trail in the woods for like eight hours Mm. during the day or something. So because I had a few friends, is okay if I get into the coding aspect of it. It is, man. So in the fall of 2021, I was on a trip out West with some friends because they were getting two separate weddings a week apart in Denver and Portland. So we drove in between the two and a friend of mine was just working from the front seat of the car as we were driving through like the desert of Utah. And I was like, are you using any like PTO right now? He was like, no. <laughs> and so I, I started asking him a little more about coding because he had gone to a boot camp after working as like a welder and at like Home Depot for a few years. And I started seriously consider it, and I realized it could be really cool. So I started researching boot camps, and then I found one, a part time one, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to leave work um, to do one or spend like full time learning. So I found a part-time one based in Portland, but it was all remote. And it was about 40 weeks. It was called Epicotus, pretty run-of-the-mill bootcamp curriculum. But in the middle, there was some C-sharp and .NET learning as well. So it kind of taught you like a slightly different back end rather than just like React and Node. So got into it that way. And the more I learned, the more I loved it. And I realized what it felt to be excited about learning for the first time since I was probably like, I don't know, 14 or 15. (laughs) I remember falling uh, out of love with it in school, just the more I felt like I was being told what I needed to learn. So that was awesome, and I'm very glad I had that experience again for the first time in over a decade. Yeah, and so I finished the boot camp, and... Afterwards, I was fortunate enough to have a connection who was working on a part time contract job for a uh, startup he used to work for, and he needed a second set of fingers on a keyboard, helping him with some of the like adding of features and pages to their platform. So I've been doing that for about two months, as well as around the same time, started an eight week developer apprenticeship program called the Collab Lab, uh, which is really awesome, and I encourage people to check out. Um, I think they actually just had applications closed last week for their next cohort, Mm -hmm. but they do four a year, and they're kind of geared towards folks who have been learning on their own for a little bit and are like kind of past just like the basics or folks who have like recently finished a boot camp and it's like spend 8 weeks on a project with three other entry level developers and there's two mentors and you do code reviews and each week you pair program on a ticket with a different person and kind of spend the last 2 weeks customizing it and bringing it all together as a group so you, a little bit of project management and increase collaboration that way oh and then the other thing i'm currently working on is i got another part-time contract through what was supposed to be a full-time position when the time came for the offer they checked their books and realized that they didn't quite have the budget to pay another developer full-time uh so i've been doing like 10 hours a week for them for the last month or so so making making some small strides but still in the the camp of looking for a first time
2: job let's go back to um your diverse job experience me and you have something in common where we were both working outdoors me as a park ranger you as your other types of experience and um you mentioned that you kind of liked the outdoor work and that was something that was pretty fulfilling for you. And, you know, we hear the story of some folks who are like, man, I just didn't like my career. It was too much. I, I wanted to get out of it. But then there's some, some of us who are like, I really loved my job and, you know, I was passionate about it. And there's lots of things that I liked about it, but unfortunately I couldn't stay there because it was just a career that, where we couldn't raise a family or couldn't really do what I want. So, you know, if if those types of jobs would have paid more, would you have stayed in, in that career, sort of like the outdoor job?
1: Honestly, I probably would have. I, I have thought about that a lot. And I don't like regret leaving at all just because I've enjoyed coding so much. But there is another, like, parallel universe out there where louis is still working doing like cross-country ski trail grooming in the winter and doing like invasive plant management and trail work and he's probably fine (laughs) fine with it um but i i knew that life didn't need to be as hard as it was so i was i was okay with like stepping away to find something new
0: i i think about some of the posts you have up on linkedin and, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast with us is because you you had a bunch of various outdoor jobs, you, you went the boot camp route, you know, you come back and I think we are, we are kind of of the understanding now that regardless of your education path, we're all self-taught at some point and we all have to continue our path and learn a bunch of stuff even after, you know, a CS degree or boot camp or whatever. But I think about the post you made and your story was really interesting to me about how you made it work. Not necessarily like you know the path, but like you're working the job you have and coding like in your truck, you know, like on brakes <laughs> and i I want to hear more about like how that works out for you, right, because that's not something I've seen very often i've 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 spoken to people that do like a part- time job or a full- time job, and then they're like doing their nights and they're spending time coding you. You're like, I'm in my truck with like a mobile hotspot on my phone doing the thing, right? downloaded stuff. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, oh yeah, our our first conversation we ever had, the Eric, you and I, the laptop was like propped up on the dashboard of my work truck, and you were like, "Are you in a truck right now?" Oh. <laughs> I've been. I expect. Yeah, i've I've been on some group calls with other people, and one time someone messaged me, "Do you live in your car?" Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I honestly the biggest the thing that made it the most possible was just sort of like accepting that it was going to be a kind of long road since i've been doing most of it like part time and also knowing that one of the ways to make it possible was just to lose some sleep for a little while going on a year uh <laughs> but yeah part of the reason i chose the epicodus boot camp was cuz it was It had, like, 17 hours of live class time per week, even though it was remote, which I was interested in uh, just because of how unfamiliar I was with it all before boot camp started. And so, like, from nine to five pacific on sundays and six to nine p.m pacific monday through wednesday nights was when the class time was but i'm on the east coast like i think y'all are as well so those times for me were 12 to 8 on sunday and nine to midnight three nights a week so it didn't really interfere with like work or family time and so i i kind of had to learn to be flexible and fill the gaps in between that like structured class time. Um, Cause we did ha- typically have a four hour independent project at least four hour independent project every other week in addition to that. And usually also just at the beginning, I was just reading things on my phone at work, um, because of water treatment isn't the most uh labor intensive job, at least for the town where I work. And so I have a little bit of downtime to either like read about read articles or like potentially look up how to solve a problem like on my phone or drive into the woods for like an hour to um yeah with like laptop just like leaned up against the truck or lean up against steering wheel and just try to get like an hour or two of work in but yeah the i would probably guess it's not a common route because it it sucks sometimes <laughs> um trying to like balance everything but if you really want something you just make it work so i just kind of learned how to make it work and just didn't outside of the class time i didn't have like a 100 percent set schedule i kind of played it by ear like okay, today I only have to do, like, this much at work so I can, like, after lunch go out to a field and pull out my laptop for, like, two hours and, like, finish the, like, homework for the night before or whatever. Um, or, like, other nights it's like, oh, I have, like, a sick child so I have to wait until, like, 10 p.m. on my, like, off night to start and then, like, work for a couple hours.
2: I think it's, um, yeah, incredible that you were able to, you know, stick to what you were trying to do and follow through. What kept you driven during that time period? Because it sounds like there was a lot going on. You had like a a lot of work to do and you're going to work full time and you have the boot camp schedule. So what kept you driven through that entire process?
1: It was part that I started thinking a little more like confidently about myself. For a long time, I was like, well, I don't like working inside. So I kind of thought that was like an essential like character trait and I didn't think I would be able to like adapt back into some sort of like learning a brand new thing that requires like computers or just like doing new things every day like coding is but then as I started looking into it and then one of the first articles I found was about like the like the growth mindset that everyone likes to talk about. Um, So and that was something I'd never heard about before. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of like what I've been doing with all these jobs for years and just like hadn't like thought about it in that way. So I thought about that or that that really like struck a chord with me and was kind of like, oh, like I know I can do this or do something like more than what I am. So there's a lot of internal motivation to do better as well as. Also just having a like small human in the house that I want to just make the world better for in every way (laughs) was a big part of it too. Um, It's like kind of cheesy as that sounds. Also just the the stress of years of living like paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. really adds up and I have a lot of friends who don't do that and get to see a lot of the opportunities that they go on fre- or get to have frequently. And I've never seen them like worry about things. And I know I'm not, I'm not on any sort of path to like, Oh, I'm going to hit 200,000 salary within like four years or anything. I just want to be like comfortably like lower middle class kind of. Mm-hmm. So you, you
0: say you're not on a path, but maybe you are right. Cause you've already, you're already getting that work experience in through, you know, some contract work and now some part-time work. Right, which you mentioned earlier. Let's talk about some of that work, right? And what your experience has been coming out of boot camp and having like a foundation of knowledge, and then being kind of thrust into the world of like, all right, I've got some real world stuff I'm doing now. How have you found that transition, and what kinds of things are you learning post boot camp?
1: Um, the biggest, the biggest things were uh, I hadn't done any TypeScript before the end of my boot camp until. My connection was like, "All right, we're gonna be doing React and TypeScript and GraphQL," and I was like, "What's GraphQL?" (laughs) Um, Because I hadn't like even heard of it. So that was that was a bit of a warm up, and also just learning to navigate a code base that you didn't set up. Because like like everybody, we make we make programs from scratch and they're awesome. And we like know them intimately. Like I have some projects I haven't looked at in like a couple months and I can still like think of the file and the line where like something happens Um, because there's like only like 30 or 40 like components and there's just like not a ton going on. (laughs) But um, yeah, so definitely navigating a new code base and also just reading code that you didn't write my first contract uh with with my connection he since it was a small startup that didn't quite make it all the way off the ground some of the code was just like okay the code is here to work um like it could be refactored definitely but we don't have time to do that for like this job at least so there were a couple things i just had to ask like would you consider doing it this way and he his response was usually yeah that'd probably be good but that'd be like a refactor thing, and we're not refactoring. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, the TypeScript React and reading new code, definitely, like code that's new to you and just navigating. The first one was like a relatively small code base in terms of there was maybe like 10,000 lines of code. And then my more recent contract, that's a more more established business. Um, so things are a little more... Uh, a little more cookie cutter with a lot of components being reused and a uh, styled components library and the back end is a lot more involved it's uh the comp- the company is they make a sustainable building material software uh, for construction projects to use that they're trying to like expand for like more general use um, and they have a library of like i think like 60 or 70,000 like different building products and each of them has an array of details and lists that they're part of ingredients and whether or not they're like on a red list or a green list and stuff um and that one the tricky part with that one was the back end was actually ruby on rails which i hadn't spent any time with but i had demonstrated like typescript and react knowledge and they were like yeah you can learn it right i was like yeah yeah definitely um so it's it's interesting working with the same technology like GraphQL with like two different tech stacks um, cuz on the front end it's the exact same but on the back end it's done a little differently like um active record which is rails I want to say it's their ORM it it does it creates a lot of the like boilerplate stuff for you but the the other biggest obstacle probably was um in my boot camp, or just on my own learning, there was usually, like, someone that I could reach out to if I got stuck, like, in real time, where for most of this work, it has been very asynchronous, usually, like, after nine o'clock at night. Um, So, like, if I have a question or think I'm stuck on something, I either have to stop or find something else to work on, because I can ask you, they're very open to helping with questions and stuff, but I don't get a response until the following morning, so I kind of have been forced to uh, dig a lot harder for things, which I thought I had been digging like pretty hard on <laughs> on problems before this. So that's that's been a learning adjustment. Also, it's it's definitely a good, it's a great learning experience because I have to be like way more self reliant and learn how to read Stack Overflow, like, more quickly and also get better at prompting chat GPT. Um, <laughs> that's been my saving grace with some, like, Ruby code just because I, I haven't had time to do, like, also just sort of prioritizing work versus learning is sort of been interesting. Like, doing the actual, like, ticket versus, like, spending a couple nights just, like, studying Ruby which would be very beneficial, but for the time being, I can read it and know enough of what it means to like find the properties and fields and stuff. But yeah, so it's it's
2: been an interesting balancing act very quickly. <laughs> yeah. What's it like? Uh, I guess you, you get that first role, right? Um, you're being onboarded with a company and you have that huge code base that you're staring down. What's it like going through that and kind of familiarizing yourself with what's what, with what's going on so um, you can contribute and, and be an asset to the team what's that process like
1: at first it's very overwhelming actually didn't take as long as i thought it would to set up some of the environments um, the first one the first one took a little longer and was done in tandem with the senior dev because we were trying to update the application to newer react but then that broke Literally every single other npm package. So then we had to like down go downgrade some of them (laughs) again afterwards. But um, yeah, first looking at it, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Um, It helps that going into it, I knew the first couple of like tickets I would be working on. So like I had like I had one area of the code to focus on, and for the more the more recent one with the building material software it was basically i'm redoing a lot of the like admin tools that currently exist in rails views and making them in react and typescript um, and doing all the fetching with graphql so i didn't have to i didn't have to actually like look at the Rails view code too much, which was it was pretty similar to um, ASP.NET's uh, or .NET kind of MVC structure, model view controller structure that they have, which is pretty similar. Um, so I. W- didn't get overwhelmed immediately, um, but every once in a while I look at the files on the side and it's just like mile after mile of like folders and some have like two files, some have like 80 files, I think having an area to focus on uh, helps and I think also knowing that like right off the bat, it's not a great idea to try to like look at every single file and line of code. Um, at least in my experience, just because I knew what task I had. And I was like, okay, well, I'll focus on this. And then when I'm a little more comfortable and I want to see how other things look and operate, like I can start going exploring. I think, you know, the way we've kind of
0: gone through your story so far, it sounds like a lot of successes, but I think we all know that this journey is not nonstop success, right? I would love to hear more about what are the things that you found really challenging or that you felt like were the low points in your journey? And what did you do to overcome them? Cause you know, Matt made kind of the comment earlier was like, how do you stay motivated, right? Well, like, what are the things where you had to find that motivation in? What were those challenges?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think the first the first time I remember kind of being like feeling like I was in a rut was after learning HTML, CSS, and JavaScript for like 12 weeks, um, we took a, sh- a pivot and went into sharp and I felt like I was immediately forgetting everything that I had just learned, even though, as a language, there are a lot of similarities. Um, at that point, I think I'd been doing the late nights for, like, four months or so, so I took I took a week off, and then the following week, I came back and definitely felt felt a little better, and around the same time was sort of when I started supplementing the curriculum like on my own, just because I think I also had the realization that the, the format wasn't quite what I needed. Now the things are getting a little more challenging. So I just kind of started finding alternative sources like Udemy and Codecademy. I think I had purchased access to at some point in the spring because they had some like crazy sale. And so that was, that was the first one. And so I think kind of figuring out a better learning style was a help in that. And then I was feeling pretty, feeling pretty groovy until like the fall when I started uh, sending out job applications for the first time, um, as I think a lot of people do. (laughs) Um, And that was it wasn't it wasn't eye-opening because like i knew i was applying to jobs like before i had even started learning react um so i knew i was starting a little early just for the sake of like learning how to apply for jobs first few weeks of just strictly cold applying which I think, as you all have recommended, it's not the best not the best method of <laughs> to go um, sometimes. So just like week after week of rejection and eventually I kind of grew numb to it. but it definitely like it took a lot. Uh, for, for my own mental health, I have not kept track of the number of applications I've sent in. It works for me. I know some people need to know, but I, I figured I'd be sending a decent amount. Uh, it's. I don't want to guess what it is, just because I applied for so long without much progress. <laughs> um, that was that was the that was the first like job related um, kind of like low point, and then I kind of hit this kick in like November where I got like a couple interviews from just cold applying, and I was like, "All right, like yeah, I've been doing this for a couple months. Like I'm about to graduate boot camp. Like this is working," and, and then did very poorly in the technical interviews Um, because one was for .NET, which I hadn't spent a ton of time preparing for because I was like knee deep in React. And the other was just like way more advanced JavaScript than I was ready for. Um, So that was kind of a good wake up call. And as my bootcamp came to an end, I was like, I need to like reassess what I'm doing. And that was like before I had heard about any of these contracts or the collab lab. And so I started trying to be a little more active on LinkedIn and trying to connect a little more intentionally and just doing things that would like set me up a little better in the long run. Immediately felt better than uh, trying to apply to like 20 jobs a day or like 40 or 50 jobs a week. Yeah. So then I actually got busier like after my boot camp than I, or it feels like I've been busier the last like two months after my boot camp than I was like in boot camp. So that's sort of also been like kind of draining too. Um, just because I was basically working like five or six nights a week for like two and a half, three hours in addition to just everything else like pretty consistently. And since it's like, actual like work now not just learning it's like okay well i need to do it i can't like i take can take like a night or two off when i can but it's uh a little less regular and then despite yeah kind of like you said like it it seems it like seems successful like as a whole but even in spite of that like i still even with, like, a couple months of quasi-contract experience on my resume, still have trouble getting through, like, recruiter screens and hearing back from jobs and getting... I've gotten... I think I got ghosted after, like, two second-round interviews last month, which was super cool. Um, <laughs> I I was, I was fortunate enough to take a break last week for like five days when i went to visit some friends down in uh north carolina and coming back this week um honestly it was it's still a little overwhelming trying to like wrap my head around it all again or like get back get back in the thick of it yeah before i left for my trip i was feeling like very burnt out Mm -hmm. so i don't think i'm like quite out of that uh spell just yet yeah
0: yeah I, I mean look man it's it's uh the burnout is real right and it's not something we have to dive deeper into right now but like so many folks out there and i've been in conversation with a number of people who at this very moment are experiencing that exact same thing where it's like it is a process it wears on us there is yeah uh, you know we'll call it mental anguish right like it's tough to keep going and keep doing this thing. We have to do the things that we can do to try to navigate that feeling. Sometimes you need to take that time off. Sometimes you need to just completely reassess and take a different approach, right? Um, I'm sure Matt will want to chime in on this too, because uh, we're we're not we're we're both spoken speaking to people that have the same feeling. And I think we're giving the advice that we can give. But also, Matt, I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on burnout in general. It's a tough topic.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I think it's important to recognize when it's happening, right? Because it kind of seems like, okay, sometimes it may seem like, all right, I'm doing this thing. It's not working. I need to do more of it. And then, you know, you you push harder and it's like, well, it's not working. I probably have to do a lot more of it. Right. And so I think that's kind of what might lead to, um, you know, some of the burnout. And it's important to ask yourself, like, how am i feeling how how what's going on mentally am i okay have i been have i been a lot more stressed over the past few weeks right and it's it can be hard to manage Uh, you kind of have to figure out like okay maybe i'll take a step back maybe i'll try something different Um, because i noticed that in a certain approach if you keep hammering at it and it's not working that might be some of the uh, one of the hardest things to deal with right so maybe um try something different, maybe pivot for me, what works is exercise. Like when I'm stressed, I just go to the gym a lot. Um, and that sort of helps me out. But yeah, I think, especially during these times it might be harder for, for junior developers. Cause I hear this a lot from other people too. They were like, yeah, a few years ago, you just, you had some HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and like a little react, you apply for a job and you got (laughs) it. I'm like, what? No way that's a thing. Right. So, and then you kind of see, uh, the job postings nowadays and it's like 27 different skills that you're supposed to be really proficient at. And it's like, there's no way I I'm, I'm still learning, you know, this other skill over here. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I I definitely see that.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It is definitely a very different landscape now. Right. And I think this is a a good cautionary tale of like, there's a lot of folks giving a lot of advice about how they went about doing it or what they think you should be doing. And like, you know, there's, truth in all of it and everyone out there is doing their best to be helpful But always remember that like their situation and your situation is very different and everyone's path is going to be very different and you know bring it back to louie here like i said before man i'm impressed that you have been doing as much as you have been doing doing the career change thing and, and getting into this and making a whole life pivot is not an easy process you know i think you are someone that has found success Um, I'm proud to celebrate that success with you. You know, you and I had a conversation the other day and you were like, "Eh, I'm just kind of doing whatever. And I'm like, no, man, you're a working developer right now, whether you feel like it or not, you know, that is success. And that is awesome. Maybe you don't have that full time gig you want to have right now. But like, man, let's let's recognize that you put in so much work and so much effort. And, you know, you set up front, you were like, I had to sacrifice because I wanted this so bad. Like, and when you want something, you're gonna find the ways to make it work. So, just well done, man. Well done making this progress, and you got more ahead of you too. <laughs>
2: thank you. Yeah, that's right, Louie. You're doing it. You're doing the thing, man. You got it. You got this down pat. It's only a matter of time for you. But uh, thank you. I hope so. Yeah, man. These are the kinds of uh, inspirational stories that like
0: we want to help uh, highlight. You know, because there's a lot of folks out there who are maybe a few steps behind you, maybe several steps, maybe they're just getting started, you know, they have no idea what they're into. But see, you know, see folks out there who are making it work and going through the challenges and making their way through it. You know, that's that's what folks want to hear and want to see because sometimes we need that motivation, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I try not to be one of those people giving advice <laughs> for my very, very small LinkedIn following and just trying to be trying to contribute and like w- add value in like what way i can or just even if it's just like like three years ago like i was cutting down a tree and i didn't know what a p tag was even even a year and a half ago i didn't know what a p tag was uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it, and, and it's definitely like an easy medium for me to share just just go on for like a minute or two about like hey yeah this is me picking apples doesn't that look fun <laughs> <laughs> um especially especially since right now i i i did a little bit of the you know like hashtag building in public like in the fall when i was working on some of my like epicodus projects but at the moment i can't like share the things i'm working on <laughs> or i might have people come after me um
0: hey man sometimes we can't do it consistently right you get out there and you you make the posts that you can when you can now, you know, I know you're a guy that subscribes to the when I can do it kind of mentality of, <laughs> of the LinkedIn LinkedIn posting, but it's working for you,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. I Last week I actually did two scheduled posts for the first time and I felt like a, a true I don't know. I also didn't have a LinkedIn until like July of last year. So <laughs> um, but yeah, now I'm happy to. I'm happy to be, like, in this community that I found. My My boot camp wasn't, like, they didn't, like, stress what a great or what great value LinkedIn could have. They were just sort of, like, you know, get on LinkedIn and, like, find some people and, like, talk to them, like, via email and stuff and maybe connect with them. Um, but I'm definitely learning, both are knowing you too and seeing all the great people you're talking with and things you you all share almost every day it's such a great place to be learning it definitely helps some of the uh makes you feel a lot less like stuck sometimes even just like even if it's unrelated just seeing other people like triumph and stuff you're like yeah like we got this we can do
2: this yeah it's uh it's definitely been a great experience and especially when you feel like you're part of a community right and you could talk to other people who are going through the same thing um that you're going through it it definitely makes it a lot easier so with that thank you louis for for coming on with us and you know sharing your your experience and you know talking about uh, some of the things you went through and your growth and learning um it's been awesome and Yes, yeah, celebrate your wins man because you're just you're you're piling through and you're doing awesome thank you i will remember that so thanks again for coming on the show
1: with us oh no problem again very grateful to be had here <laughs>
0: louis where can people find you
1: uh they can find me at one seven so i'm just kidding um they can <laughs> find me on linkedin which is currently my only like online presence at the moment just Louis Nolley, K-N-O-L-L-E. We would like to thank everybody for for tuning into this
0: episode. If you could do us the kindness of leaving a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. And also, if you're not already, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, We drop new episodes every Friday, so we'd love for you to be a regular listener and, and keep supporting the show. For Matt Ehrlich, my name is Eric Winklesbeck, and thank you for tuning in.